Hey friends, I'm Jordan. And I'm Shelby. And you're you're listening listening to to the Cultivate Women's Podcast. We are pastor's wives at Passion Creek Church, and we exist to encourage and empower women to cultivate a life that is rooted in Christ. We invite you to join us as we walk through what that looks like in the context of friendship, leadership, relationships, and hardships. Open your Bibles to Lamentations 3. Thank you, Caleb. I am going to be reading uh, the scriptures 22 through 24. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. Have you ever noticed that when you begin to pursue something bold in your faith, it always sounds so much easier in your head? Anyone else feel that way? Like you know that it's something the Lord called you to, or it's a passion he's given you, or even as simple as just an idea. But yet when you begin to put that into practice and you begin taking those first steps, all of those thoughts of doubt and fear begin to creep in. So for me, I'm an Enneagram type one. And if you don't know what that means, that's okay. Essentially, it just means I tend to be a little bit of a perfectionist. Um, You should see the way I load my dishwasher. Well, actually, better example, you should see my reaction when my husband loads the dishwasher. Um, But essentially, all that is, is I put so much pressure on myself to make make sure things are perfect before I follow in that calling. Um, So when we were in college, I felt the call to ministry alongside my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband. Um, He had the calling to ministry from the age of 13. Um, I was a little bit later on that train. (laughs) It was our freshman year of college, and I really felt the Lord um, place that calling on me specifically, but also on us together as a couple. And so although we had no idea like what exactly that looked like. We didn't know. I mean, there was a range of things you can do in ministry. Um, We just began praying to the Lord and asking him to reveal um, anything. I just wanted just a little bit of like help. Like where, what direction are you taking me? Um, And as I began pursuing him, one of the things that he kind of made clear to me was this passion for women. He had given me this passion to encourage and empower women in their walk with Christ. And yet... Although I knew that calling, I still suppressed it. That was probably my freshman year of college. And it wasn't until just probably almost two years ago that I surrendered my stubborn heart to God and said, okay, let's do this. Whatever you have for me, I'm ready. And out of that launched the Cultivate Women's Ministry. And through that, Shelby and I have just pursued different passions and callings that he's placed on both of us individually and us together as we run this ministry. Um, And also, side note, what's really cool is Shelby is going to be teaching a breakout session tomorrow on passion and purpose and what those mean and what they look like and how they go together. So really excited for that. But as we began pursuing these passions that he had given us, we hosted events and we launched a podcast, which was terrifying, but it's been so fun. And through all of that, I still had these same doubts and these same fears. And especially when we began pursuing probably the biggest step of faith, I, I can say personally, I don't know about Shelby, but I have ever taken, and it, it's this right here, 
hosting and leading a women's conference. As I began preparing for that, I had those same fears and those same doubts and those same thoughts that made me think, well, maybe this really isn't what he called me to. Maybe I misunderstood. Maybe there was a translation that, you know, what missed something. And maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you know that the Lord has called you to something. And yet you still have those doubts and those fears. Maybe for you that looks like he's finally called you to start a family. Or maybe he's called you to pursue a career. Or maybe even scarier, he's called you to step away from a career that you have been in your whole life and to pursue something different. Maybe he's called you to start a business or lead a growth group at church. I want to encourage you to take that first step. And if you've taken that first step, to keep going. Because he is faithful. And his mercies are new every morning. Pursuing bold things in our faith can be difficult and scary. But because of his faithful love, God has new mercies even when we fail or when things don't go as planned. And I know for me, being the perfectionist I am, I have to remind myself that when things don't go as planned, I was never really the one in control in the first place. And a scripture that reminds me of that is Proverbs 16, 9. It says, a person's heart prepares his way, but the Lord determines his steps. So the first way I want to talk to you about how we experience God's mercy is that we experience his new mercies personally. So if you don't know, I am a mom of three girls. They range from almost five is my oldest. My middle is two and a half and my youngest is one and a half. So life with girls is crazy and fun and emotional and sassy. Um, And if the fact that I'm standing here before you looking somewhat presentable isn't an act of God's grace and mercy, I'm really not sure what is. But it's just... Like it's something for me to remember that in every season, especially in the hard ones, the ones that aren't easy, that he is still there. Because we all know life is full of ups and downs. We go through these mountaintop high seasons, and then we also walk through these valley low seasons. And for me personally, and for my family, the last couple months of 2019, we walked some pretty low valleys. We were so excited, and it's something that my husband and I had been praying through. And we had decided we wanted to, I'm so sorry, <laughs> we had wanted to add another kid to our family. And on October 27th, I got the positive pregnancy test, and we were so excited. We began praising him and thanking him for this little life. But then on November 13th, I woke up with symptoms that I knew just weren't right. There are just certain symptoms that if you experience during pregnancy, you just know something's going on. And so at that moment, it began this internal battle for me of wanting to trust in him and wanting to believe these scriptures, that his mercies are new every morning. But yet I still had this doubt and this fear that everything was going to be okay. Well, on November 16th, I had officially had a miscarriage. I was hurt, I was confused, and honestly, I was a little bit angry. I didn't understand. Why was this happening? How could this happen? I, of course, began trying to piece together this puzzle of what was going on in our life and thinking, was there something I could have done different? Could I have changed this? But in Lamentations 3, it says, Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. His mercies never end, 
They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Hebrew word for mercy means compassion and affection from the deepest part of you. So from the deepest part of him, from everything that God is, he has compassion and affection for us when we walk through those hard valleys and on those mountaintop highs. And the last part of that verse says, I say, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. It's so easy to put our hope in him when we're on those mountaintop highs, when everything is going great. But it's those valley lows that it is just as important to put our hope in him. And it's in those moments that we feel like we can't take another step, that we can't go any further, that we experience his mercy through his word and through his people. So the next point is that we experience God's mercies personally, but we also experience his new mercies in community. In Galatians 6, verse 2, it says, Carry one another's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. God didn't intend us to walk this life alone. He didn't intend us to isolate ourselves in our struggles. And yet I feel like as women, that is so often what we tend to do. And I think a lot of it stems from we don't want to be a burden to other people. We don't want to come off as needy or we don't want to be judged or misunderstood. Or maybe we even feel like that we're the only ones going through this specific thing. The enemy loves to make us think that no one else out there struggles with this thing. But we weren't designed to beat our fears, our anxieties, and our worries on our own. Meaningful connection with others can help us overcome grief, depression, and sorrow. I was reading a book called Rhythms of Renewal by Rebecca Lyons. And if you haven't read that book, I think it should be on your list to read in 2020 because it is amazing. But in the book, she quotes a guy named Dr. Frank McAndrew. And the quote says, Humans are hardwired to interact with others, especially in times of stress. When we go through a trying ordeal, a lack of emotional support and friendship can increase our anxiety and hinder our coping ability. And this quote reminds me of a story of a man who was on a rooftop during the flood. And he began praying, Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I trust in you. You are faithful. I know you're going to save me. And as he sat on this rooftop, a guy in a rowboat came by and he said, hey, jump in, I'll save you. And the guy on the rooftop said, no thanks. I'm praying to God and I know he's gonna save me. So the guy went on. Well, a couple of minutes later, a guy in a motorboat came by and he said, hey, hop in, I'll save you. And the guy on the rooftop responded, no thanks. I'm praying to God and he is faithful. I know he's gonna save me. So a guy left and a few minutes later, a helicopter came by and he dropped a ladder down and he shouted, hey, grab on and I'll fly you to safety. And the guy says, no thanks. I'm praying to God. He is faithful and I have faith. So the helicopter reluctantly flew away. Well, the water rose and the guy drowned. And he, when he got to heaven, he got to ask God, well, I believed in you. I prayed to you. I had faith, but let you let me drown? Like, I don't understand. And God's reply was, I sent you a rowboat, a motorboat, and a helicopter. 
Like, what, what more did you want? And I, it, as funny as the story is, it's such a, a good reminder that so often God provides us mercy and grace through the people around us that we so often ignore. So that let us this year ask God to give us the eyes to see the provision he has already provided through the people around us. But not only that, not only is it important to remember that God uses our sisters and brothers in Christ to bring us mercy and grace, but he also wants to use you to bring someone else mercy and grace in their time of need. And for me, practically, on a day-to-day level, that looks like carrying the burdens of my children. And although I know my younger two are still a little bit too young to kind of grasp this concept. My oldest is almost five, and she's really beginning to understand that life isn't always easy. I mean, even at the age of five, like, she has those struggles of, like, things are just hard. And it's something that, that it's hard for me because in the moment, my first instinct is mom mode kicks in. And I'm like, well, what can I do to fix it? Like, how can I take this burden away? Or, like, how can I relieve this stress or this pain? And I honestly think God has called us to something much greater I think instead of trying to take this burden away from her, I think instead he's called us to step down into it and be in it with her, to be an example to her of what it's like to open our hearts to him and to know that he is faithful and to know that he's going to wash his mercy over us and to know that even in hard times, he loves her and that he works everything out for his glory and for her good. And I'm really excited. One of the breakout sessions tomorrow is going to be on motherhood and how through every season of motherhood, God provides new mercies and what that looks like. Um, And so Vicki Coates will be teaching that and we're really excited for that as well. So we experience God's mercies personally. We experience them in community, but we also experience them repeatedly. On the cross, when Jesus said, it is finished, He not only meant that right then in that moment, it is finished, but he meant forevermore. In every moment, it is finished. In every moment, he has mercy. We cannot just accept him and the sacrifice he made one time and then go on with our life as if nothing changed. Go on and live as if we can carry our own burdens and we can provide for ourselves and we're strong enough to fight our own battles but instead it's opening our hands and our hearts and saying Jesus I need you today and I need you every day we cannot rely on yesterday's mercies for today's burdens our world is riddled with overwhelm anxiety and stress but yet we have a God who provides joy, peace, and comfort. For me, on a day-to-day basis, I love planners. Like, my type A personality just gets so excited when I get a new planner for the year. And it's like, I can write down all my tasks and check things off the list. Is anyone else with me? Okay, good. I'm not alone. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. But I also know, I've begun to realize that that checklist, at the end of the day, I begin to base my worth off of it. I begin to base my success off of it. If I hadn't checked off enough boxes, then I wasn't good enough today. 
or if I didn't do maybe the most important things on that list, then I wasn't successful. And that causes so much overwhelm and stress and anxiety in my life. <coughs> Sorry, I should have done it the other way. <laughs> um, but that shouldn't be, for me, checklist shouldn't be the way that I measure my worth and my success. But instead what he says about me. We need his mercy every day. The mercy from the big, sovereign God that we serve. And I want to read for you again, Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion, and therefore I will put my hope in him. Did you know, I find it really interesting, that the Jewish day starts sundown. So their day goes from sundown to sundown. So when this passage was written, their mourning was not our mourning. So if it's saying that his mercies are new every morning, it doesn't mean that it's just in the morning. It's not that we can only receive his mercies when the sun's coming up. And I think that we not only forget that in the context of this, but I also think that especially this time of year, we set these New Year's resolutions and these, we plan out our habits and our goals and the things that we want to change about our life. And then when we realize two weeks later that none of those are sticking, we think that we have to wait until next year. Well, I'll just wait till 2021 and I'll make my new resolutions and we'll be good. And I think that we take that same concept with his mercy. We think, oh, well, I messed up. Or I sinned in this way. And maybe it's a specific sin that you've struggled with before. And you think, well, he gave me mercy then. But I'm not, he doesn't give me mercy now. I've already messed up. He's already given me mercy for that. Or a struggle. It's not that it just one time covers all. His mercy is new every year, every month, every day, every hour, every minute. His mercy is renewing and repeatedly pouring out upon us. You don't have a sin that God doesn't have a corresponding mercy to meet it. You don't have a suffering that God doesn't have a corresponding mercy to meet it. And you don't have a struggle that God doesn't have a corresponding mercy to meet it. He is faithful and full of mercy. Let us walk in that. Let us accept that. Would you pray with me?